What? I, he shoots someone in like the first 30 minutes. <laughs> it is just like, it's just like one country. The whole planet is just a country, pretty much. The thing I'm most excited about with Endor is... May the Force. Force. The Force. 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 The Force will be with you. Always. Welcome to Star Wars Uplink, your place for everything Star Wars gaming, the TV shows, and the movies. I'm your host, Sage Goodwin, and as always, I'm joined by Sydney Laurel. How are you doing? I'm good. And today, we're also joined by Sammy Boy, co-host of the Battlefield Show, as well as uh, runner of two channels, one on Star Wars and one on first-person shooters. We've had him on the podcast before, but this is the first time we're having him on the podcast uh, with video. So really excited for it this is, one. Yeah. yeah, it should be good. I'm very keen. There's a couple of good topics that I'm very, very keen to get stuck into. Oh, yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Star Wars Hunters. Sammy has a firsthand experience with it, is going to educate us on the world of Star Wars Hunters. And we're going to be talking after the break about... And or our thoughts, expectations, theories, and some of the details that we are uh, getting slowly but surely through the drip feed of some of their marketing. So let's jump right in. What's going on with Star Wars Hunters? Obviously, we talked about it in a previous podcast episode about it being delayed. But what what's the state of the game right now? Because you're, you're actively playing it somewhat, right? Yeah, I've, uh, to be honest, since the announcement of the delay, I have definitely dropped off a little bit yeah. with the the playtime. But um, yeah, still, I still sort of pay attention to it. It's in a weird spot. I don't know really how to explain it. Hmm. It's um, it's been delayed and it's technically not out yet, but it is in soft launch. Yeah, and they're doing like right. battle passes and stuff. It's really, I don't know. It's it's a weirdly run soft launch. I know that soft launches for mobile games are pretty. Uh huh you know they're a common thing but i've never really seen one happen where they're it's they're kind of acting like the game is fully out Mm -hmm. when it isn't so it's just kind of weird so there is a a, there's a battle pass in i didn't even realize that i there has been there has now been multiple battle passes and the games what yeah it's so weird like i think they've now gone on i think there was one that was really short the first one i think it was only like a week long battle pass and it was just like a quick intro then they, I think, did the first legitimate one, and now I think they've just moved on to the second one. So, I guess technically three battle passes. It's it's weird. <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of it, to be honest. I am so confused as, like, how... Obviously, this seems like a pretty standard thing for mobile games, but I don't understand in terms of, like, we all have experience with... Like I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word real games even though that's more like, it's like yeah <laughs> it's obviously in jest uh, there are tons of great mobile <laughs> games that are really really good but in terms of like we we come from that background of like I'll, I'll say it this way more traditional uh, gaming to where yeah, you don't yeah. you don't have like you have betas um but you you don't really have a soft launch where it slowly like goes out into different countries and regions and mm. you also have a battle pass that i just now became aware of today <laughs> yeah it's it's look without the battle passes it's i feel like it's a regular soft launch and it's kind of gone as they normally do mm-hmm. which even then i I do think soft launches are still a bit weird especially yeah. with how long this one has been it's been mm. since november it's only been a year Good. So well, it's like I didn't even realize that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it, it came out the same week as Battlefield. 
Like I, I remember that week I was like, mm-hmm. it just dropped out of nowhere, and I was obviously busy with Battlefield. So I was like, oh no, there's two games now that I've got to cover. <laughs> and so yeah, it's been since it's been what are we August? It's been like nine months, roughly, nearly ten months. That's insane. That it's been in soft launch, and I think a soft launch for say. I don't know, three to six months is relatively normal. Yeah. But one that's this long that also has like the battle passes and they're doing events and all that kind of thing. Like it's, I don't know, it's it's very odd. I've never seen anything like it, to be honest. And it's very, it's almost a bit frustrating because mm-hmm. I've been talking to Mark about this. Like it feels ready to go. It feels in a spot where they could launch it today and it would it would launch well. It's not buggy. It's got, it's pretty well balanced and everything. I don't know why they're not launching it. That's the part that's really confusing. I mean, yeah. It might be to do with the Switch. I'm not sure. Maybe they mm. haven't got that side of it right. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> on the and not, like I play on the um, like on PC yeah. on an emulator, so it's obviously hard to tell. But I have played on my phone and it, it plays smoothly and everything. So I don't know. That's that's the weirdest launch of a game I think I've ever seen. To be honest. <laughs> That that was my follow up question. Like, do you do you think that the delay was necessary? Yeah, that's what I was kind of wondering too. <sighs> I think, like, look, I think if they've delayed it, it, it must be. Yeah, but I right. don't. I don't feel like it is. I feel like mm. if it launched today, it would be very successful. Mm. It's it's like I said. It, there's no real bugs. I haven't even like when it launched, like in November, there wasn't really that much that they needed to fix. Mm. It's pretty well balanced. Um, it's mon- it's it's set up for monetization and everything. It's it seems to me ready to go. Yeah. And I even know that they've got like the next hunters is already being worked on and stuff. It's not like they they need to delay it to get ready for is it the future content? Like it's ready. Everything's ready. I don't really get it. What? Is it just the one map? Yeah. Nah, th- there's th- so that's the other thing. They've done updates where they've added like they've added content. <laughs> they've added new modes and what? maps and stuff. It's so, <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> They added so when it launched, there was only three maps, and that was a bit like okay, I can understand why it's not out yet because mm-hmm. there's right. only there's a little bit of content, and they didn't. They also since then have added two hunters, I think. Yeah. No, potentially more than that. I'm pretty sure. Um, but at the start, I was like, okay, this I can understand why this isn't out just because of the lack of content. The game was in a good spot, mm-hmm. like from a bug standpoint, <laughs> but it was just lacking. But they've then added probably another three to five i can't really remember it's been a while so there's probably like eight maps in the game it's it's in a launchable state it's it's very odd <laughs> what yeah good gravy yep i, I th- it's very weird it's so crazy too because like we just got done recording an episode of the battlefield show and we're talking about like the lack of content and here's a game that's not even yeah. out yet and it's it's getting yeah. more maps than battlefield has in its, in its entire life cycle so far yeah more of their like specialists or uh, heroes whatever you want to call them it's so funny but it also makes sense they kind of like locked themselves into it because they had that soft launch and it was going to tie into an early 2022 release right like that was the plan yeah yeah and then their release got delayed and they're still doing the soft launch apparently like i wonder if they're going to have enough content maybe that's the reason they're delaying it like they're working on the content for the soft launch that will ultimately make up the full release. And then they're also working on the post-launch content. But I also think that you make a really good point with the Switch aspect of things because I think historically 
console makers are usually what delays most updates especially like yeah true. that was the thing with like battlefront uh a lot of their updates the thing that was the biggest thing was approvals on both the uh, ea side mm. of things the dice side of things and also the they couldn't just push out an update because it had to go through each of the platform holders whether that be playstation yeah. or xbox mm. and then it also had to be um kind of uh quality assured tested that it would actually work once yeah. it's on their side of things <laughs> goodness yeah. i think for me that's the thing that it seems like it must be to do with mm-hmm. the switch because that's the thing we haven't seen yet we've yeah. seen it on they've that's what i'm most on, excited about honestly um yeah that's and that's the annoying part is that's the that's what i want mm-hmm. i want to play it on the tv yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that's that's really frustrating is because i can play it but i kind of don't really care until i can play it on the switch mm-hmm. like that's that's where i think i'm going to really fall in love with it because it's very it's a very fun game but because i'm on the pc it's a it's an emulator it's a bit like yeah yeah it almost feels non-official i guess you would say mm. it doesn't feel like i'm playing the <laughs> you're actual hacking game, the matrix <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i think i think for me it's yeah the switch is what i'm keen forward to and i, I do think that's if there's going to be something that's going to cause delays it's probably to do with that mm-hmm. i would imagine now i'm not like in the whole like behind the, i don't know the behind the scenes of what goes on with most of these guys but couldn't they just launch it and then add it to the Switch well, later? Yeah. Like, they, isn't yeah, that I think a thing? So. Unless they have, like, a contract with <laughs> right, yeah. Nintendo, right, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It must be something like that. It's yeah, gotta Because be. that's what I... I kind of feel like... It, I feel like the logical thing would be, okay, it's not ready on the Switch. Let's delay the Switch launch. Yeah. Right. Still launch it on, mm-hmm. on you know, yeah. iPhone and Android. So... Yeah, whether there's some sort of contract or yeah. I don't know something just legal yeah, something, to do with that. I'm not something's really sure, going on, but... and they can't talk about it because then it's like pointing fingers at who's mm-hmm. who's done yeah. it, sort of thing. Well, we'd have it out right now <laughs> yeah. if it wasn't for Nintendo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Screw those guys, even though they gave, gave us a bunch of money to market it on their platform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny to me is uh, the social media for hunters is like they're acting like it's mm. out now and then i look at all the oh. comments and they're like how do i play this and then they have to respond like oh you can't <laughs> yet unless oh. you're it's so <laughs> awkward oh it's, it's so like, painful yeah you see them tweeting about like the abilities for the hunters and like showing what they do and stuff yeah hmm. as if they're like new and they've just been added and it's like one anyone who's played it has like mastered these characters because we've been playing this for like <laughs> Nearly a year now, and then the ones who haven't mastered them can't play the game. So, who are you tweeting to? Like, who, who is that for? <laughs> it's so confusing. Yeah. Oh, it's so. Uh. It's so weird. But <laughs> from like the research I've been like, look, obviously the the length of the soft launch is the weirdest part, but the, how they're yeah. running the soft launch is just perfectly normal for mobile, apparently. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing that I guess, like you said, I'm not. I'm kind of the same. I'm more of a, I guess, yeah, air quotes. Um, You're traditional a real gamer. gamer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I haven't really seen that many like, you know, soft launches and all that kind of thing. I know that they're a thing, but they're not something that I've actually like experienced before. Yeah. But I don't know how much of this is normal. I don't know if a battle pass during a soft launch is normal. I would assume it's not because mm-hmm. it's just like, why are you releasing skins that? <laughs> not everyone can buy that to me that's just limiting mm-hmm. your revenue mm-hmm. that's yeah. not going to make as much money like it's just weird because those skins will go away so <laughs> you're making content that not everyone that is so get. weird 
it's just weird. Like, why would you make a skin that you're going to sell to like five percent of the potential player base, and then it will be gone eventually, and no one can get it? And why have you made that skin? You know what I mean? It's just kind of, I don't know. It's very odd. The whole thing just doesn't make sense to me. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, how how uh, is it in terms of getting into lobbies and stuff? Like, is it pretty? It's like instant. That yep. is it's so crazy. Really it's there's they've and had that's a being million downloads emulated on, both on a PC in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's so fast. There's I think I think the most in a lobby so far is like eight. So four v four. Yeah. But they are adding like a big mode in the future. But oh wow, you search for a game and it's like immediate essentially. And yeah, they've had a million downloads on the Google Play Store <laughs> and the Apple Store each. So two million players in a soft launch, which is like. Yeah, that's so weird. So you mentioned it's it earlier. Like, yeah. Um, it it seems pretty well balanced. We were watching some gameplay of it. It looked pretty mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's in a good... Like, from a gameplay perspective, that's kind of what I mean when I say it feels ready to launch. Yeah. There's nothing that I'm like, there's this really bad bug and you can't do this or that, or, like, one hunter is way better than the rest. Mm-hmm. There's, there really feels like there's nothing wrong with the game. That's why it's... Mm-hmm. That's the part that's confusing. If it was a bit buggy, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Right. But it just feels... It feels like it's in its launch state. That's the just the, the most confusing part. Hmm. Um, which, like I said, that that is what makes me lean towards it must be something to do with, like, the Switch or... yeah. Yeah, some sort of, I don't know, some sort of, like, licensing issue or, hmm. I don't know. There must be something to it, I'm not sure. It's odd that they, like, advertise the, the what is it, the delay? It's weird that they advertise the delay as them wanting to make the best game that yeah. they can. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, wait, but now it sounds like it's a great game already, mm. so what's really going yeah. on here? Yeah. This is weird. It's very <laughs> odd also because like they announced the delay and then in that announcement they announced the next update as well. <laughs> what? Like, we're delaying it. Oh, by the way, there's an update this week. We will still it's continue like, to bring content to the existing yeah. player base in the soft launch. Because and- <laughs> when they delay it, that to me, with any other game, it feels like, okay, like, yeah. we're going to take a bit of a break and like get it right. right. But they're not do- they are still updating. They're still putting out that the is events so and battle passes. Weird. So it's what? it's not like it's in a dire situation. That's the part that's really confusing. It's not like, say, when Battlefield was delayed and we played the beta and it was like, okay, I can see why that needs mm-hmm. a delay. This is like, yeah, there, there is, to me anyway, obviously, like I said, internally there must be something. I, I trust them that yeah. there must be something some reason to delay it but externally it's like i don't know i don't get i just don't get it at all (laughs) it yeah super surprising like it's probably the weirdest launch of a star wars game that we've ever had yeah and that's saying something definitely um yeah Yeah. because we have like we've had some rough ones (laughs) yes we have (laughs) we've got this soft launch first off we get it announced it's uh it was included in the original agreement for uh, the exclusivity license with EA. Like that was one of the things that this game uh, will be made uh, for mobile. Uh, it was like one of the exclusions as well as like Traveler's Tales. You have that, and then you have uh, the announcement of what the game is actually going to be. You have uh, some teases. It's revealed into uh, it's, it's revealed in a Nintendo Direct. Um, they say, hey, it's going to be a soft launch. It's going to open up in the, these little uh, these areas of the world. That's uh, That seems pretty normal. Okay. And then it um, is supposed to come out in, uh, in 
was it like spring or, or summer 2022 with the soft launch and yeah. winter of 21 and then you have like the game just keeps on getting expanded to these different areas and you're like okay it's just going to keep on expanding until it gets to like um like the western countries right no mm-hmm. it just keeps on expanding into these smaller areas these smaller areas you have people uh emulating it you have people getting it uh through other means like setting the different uh regions on their phones app stores and all that fun stuff you have all these different steps that they take and then it keeps on launching you have the content you have ev- like all of these things lined up it's continued to be update you have a delay which is weird uh, and in that delay announcement, like you said, you have the announcement for the next update in the season. Like, what? Yeah. It was, it's, there's so many things to it that are just so odd. It's not like it's just one thing. Mm-hmm. It's not like the, the delay is the weird thing. Like, the whole, from start to finish, <laughs> is just odd. <laughs> Everything about yeah. it is so weird. Especially because it actually has been delayed twice now. This is the mm-hmm. second delay, technically. Mm-hmm. The first delay was, I think it was meant to come, yeah, in early early this year so we when the i remember when the soft launch started i remember talking to mark about it and we were like oh so it's probably if it's soft launching now it's probably in like i don't know maybe march or april yeah. it'll launch something like that we kind of thought also like may 4th maybe it'll be around mm-hmm. that time mm-hmm. and then it was delayed and we thought it would be the end of this year so i was kind of thinking like around this time of year maybe like october or something like yeah. that yeah and then but then it's been delayed again so it's like <laughs> It's uh, it's just so odd, and like you said earlier, though, that's a good point that maybe the maybe the soft launch is so weird because they have had to delay it that it's it has dragged it out longer than they intended. Maybe it was only meant to be like three to six yeah. months, right? But because of the delays, they can't like <laughs> remove the soft launch. Hmm. They can't be like, oh, sorry, we're deleting it for like six months. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thanks for joining. Yeah, See you so, later. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a a, a year long open beta, and then it's just gone. <laughs> So yeah, maybe that's why it's so weird. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's been a it's been a funny thing to watch. I tell you what. Yeah, especially like from our perspectives because we're not in that. I don't. I I jumped in and played some of their other games uh, that they've made, and they have like a racing game. They have a couple strategy games. They have a, like it's a it's a wide variety of these different games that they have. This is like very unique for them. It's also. It is a sub company of a sub company that is also expanding into launching their own games. Like it's, mm. it's so crazy, mm. and it's. I think it's an yeah, Austin, Texas based company as well. So it's not like yeah, I think so. It's so it's U.S. based, and they're launching in all these very, uh, very smaller countries. Like it's the ones that yeah. you wouldn't think to launch in, they're launching in first. Hmm. Yeah, it's like they wanted to. It feels a bit like they weren't. They really aren't sure how it's going to go, and they want to see like, mm-hmm. okay, let's launch it in a small country to yeah. see if the servers can handle it and stuff. But then they've also released it in enough places, and like I'm pretty sure it's out. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's now out in India, which has a billion people. So yeah, and mobile games are like, huge there. <laughs> yeah, so it's like if I'm not sure if it's out in India, why is it not out in America yeah. and places right. like that? That's like so. It's yeah. It's like like I said, every <laughs> single aspect. None of it makes sense to me. It's all just all over the place. My question is, are we all going to be bored of it? Like by the time it actually launches, like is everyone well, else going to be like, okay, we kind of just we I get the game. I thought that was out already. And then the Americans yeah. are going to be like, great. 
now we're all the yeah. we're just, we're noobs here and it, uh-huh. what yeah uh, there's gonna be such that's a different the thing for me that's why I've actually stopped playing mm. is because I don't want to get bored of it yeah I, I'm thinking like if it's still like potentially six months away I don't want to play it every because I was playing it every day I probably have nearly played more hours of hunters than battlefield and I play I've played so much battlefield oh, wow. wow and so I kind of thought like. I maybe should stop playing so I don't get bored of it. When it, because then, like when it actually drops and I'm making content on it, I'm not even going to. You're the old it. man right. in the corner, so, like ah, I've seen this yeah, before. <laughs> yeah, I'll <laughs> dust off so, my device. Yeah. It's going to be weird to to see if that is the case because yeah, if it comes, let's just say it drops last in America mm-hmm. and everyone else is kind of bored of it. Yeah, that's going to be an odd dynamic there. So. It's it's yeah it's gonna be interesting to to see the actual I'm very interested to see how the actual launch goes like mm-hmm. if that's gonna if it's gonna go smoothly or because it's been dragged out if it will if people are already kind of over it and yeah it's not as you know maybe it doesn't do as well as right. it could have or maybe it does better I don't really know but yeah mm-hmm. it's gonna be very interesting to watch mm-hmm. yeah I I cannot even begin to fathom the thinking on all of the decisions that they <laughs> have been making. <laughs> Yeah, I bet many of yeah, them are scratching it. their heads too. Like, why are yeah. we? What? What? Well, you, you pair it with like yeah. the the scale of mobile games. Like mobile games in terms of sales and numbers and the amount of revenue they bring in dwarf that of like traditional gaming. So it's like mm. when you say real gaming, you, you have to think of like real gaming in terms of you sit down in front of a TV and you play it for yeah. hours upon a time. Like, right. but if you look in terms of if you're if you're calculating realness of a game by amounts of of revenue earned, like. Mobile games are the real games. Like that's why there yeah. are so many people investing in a mobile, and that's one of the th- yeah. big things with like the Xbox X, um, Activision stuff is like they got King, which mm. they own Candy Crush. Oh gosh! And like seventy yeah. other different like smaller game studios just from that one acquisition. That's why it's so huge. Yeah. Like that was their mobile. Yeah, play. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a bigger. That's the thing. Is it? To me, it feels niche. Mm-hmm. Gaming on on a phone feels like the smaller thing when it's actually it's yeah. got way more <laughs> right. players than than you know who who has a PlayStation or an Xbox or a PC. Mm-hmm. So I mean, everyone a has a phone. Like that's your audience. Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Except for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess we're the niche ones. Yeah, we're we're oh yeah. oh my gosh, we're the niche. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that moment when you realize you are the niche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but now we're gonna take a little bit of a break, and we're gonna hop back, and we're gonna talk about our andor theories, thoughts, and expectations for the show. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. Now let's talk about andor, the the new series coming soon i mean it was originally supposed to be coming out in like the next few days i believe yeah um yeah uh, we yep. missed it last time we recorded we said it was going to come out in august they've delayed it until um later september and it is it's so fascinating because one they're shooting on location which i'm super pumped about like mm. they don't use the volume at all which uh, hallelujah um <laughs> which you can i think you can tell the quality in the trailer yes. oh like, yeah it, just, it looks like a movie i think that i've really liked the volume i think it has worked with mando and stuff but like mm-hmm. there's something i think that's the only one it's worked with about. though mm-hmm. yeah true <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> um but i think there's just something 
special about when it is actually mm-hmm. filmed on location. It's just like you can you can tell, even though Shots the volume are looks very good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm very keen for that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I even think that the the actors themselves get mm-hmm. more immersed too. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I'd say the volume is the step between green screen on one side of the extreme on set as the other side and in the middle you have this weird mix of both of them technically it's incredible and i love it it's so cool Mm. pairing television technology filmmaking and video games like that's awesome like you're speaking my language Mm -hmm. but in terms of like (laughs) actual you you're actually using it you see the finished product it uh doesn't lead for a lot of flexibility because you you have to prepare everything for the shot much further in advance. You do the shot, and then uh, I've heard um, a couple interviews where they're like, "Yeah, it's 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 it puts a lot of pressure on you as a director to be able to use this because you're like, oh, these are the sets that they created, these are the situations. This is how you have to use it. It is real time, but it's also like it has some weird limitations that they're still learning." It, mm. it feels like the same thing with the prequels and digital filmmaking and the yeah. green screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it probably is very similar in, a, in that way that, like, this is, like, the prequels kind of set the the pathway for, like, CGI. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, the first that had ever been done to that extent. Yeah. And I guess this is the same sort of thing where, yeah, like, we're probably seeing the the lower end of it because the pre when you look at the prequels they like at the time it was awesome but like now you look at it and you're like oh whoa that looks not very good (laughs) (laughs) so hopefully like this does just continue to evolve and Mm -hmm. you know hopefully we can get it to the point where it looks indistinguishable from real life and stuff like that would be awesome but yeah you can you can definitely tell the quality Mm -hmm. difference between the volume and I think real life like I don't think you can ever fully emulate that yeah and I think too they're they're learning that one you can't shoot an entire show on it um, just mm. like you learned uh, with green screen, you can do a lot with green screen, but there's some stuff that you need to do on set, on location, yeah. uh, and in certain certain places. Um, and I think they relied way too heavily on it in Book of Boba Fett and especially in Obi-Wan, where you had basically it felt mm. like a stage play because mm-hmm. uh, that's, yeah. that's kind of how they used it. And I think we're going to yeah. slowly start seeing them hopefully pair it back and maybe instead of shooting 85% of the show on the volume, you, we see them doing like 40%. And then they also have a mix of green screen. They also have a mix of onset stuff. Like they use the tool for the situation instead of like, we've got a Swiss army knife where we can do everything with it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. It should, it should be like a complimentary thing to the filmmaking, not the like film the whole show in it. Cause Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that definitely doesn't work. I don't think. Kind of jumping back into Endor, we have some new details in terms of how the show is actually running. So it's going to be 12 episodes. It starts September 21st with three episodes all in one go. Like It's going to be a late night for, for oh, us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, it will follow a year in casting Andor's life. Um, this is via SFX Magazine. And... Uh, it's, quote, mostly uh, set on a single planet before the already commissioned second season covers the four years leading into Rogue One, which this is the first time I've been hearing about the uh, second season. Yeah, it's been, I think I think they, like, rumored it. It wasn't fully, like, I guess, official until pretty recently, mm-hmm. I think. Oh. There was, you know how there's kind of always leaks that 
Yeah. You can kind of tell they're legit. Like, the, when something's leaked so much, you can kind of go, okay, mm-hmm. that's probably real. Something's um, there. It was kind of at that point, yeah. So, there was also rumours that it was going to be, like, five seasons. So, <laughs> it's obviously hard to tell how, well, how true that is. But, yeah, I think, I think the... Uh, I think two seasons sounds good to me, the way mm-hmm. that it's all laid out. I'm actually really interested in the fact that, like, season two is, like, I think there's, like, two episodes per year or something like that. And it's, like, mm-hmm. it's going to be... That's almost going to be, like, a movie. Like, each of yeah. them is going to be a movie. Yeah. In a way. So I'm really interested to see that. That would be... That would like, be really fascinating. This is this is my time frame, because we, we get the... Um, we get the original trilogy stuff. We get some of the prequel stuff. We get this kind of the galaxy is trying to figure out where it is. This is pre Death Star. This is you're you're in the darkness, really. Like that's that's where you are. You're in the midst of everything is as bad as it can be before you get the <laughs> yeah. ultimate weapon of the Empire, and then mm-hmm. you get to see like the decisions that ultimately affect or create what we see in the original trilogy are made in this era. And I think it's so cool to see Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Does anyone have a guess about what planet they are mostly sticking to? Because we saw several in the trailer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. If they've said it's mostly on one planet, but then, yeah, we saw... I feel like we saw heaps of planets, Uh didn't Mm -hmm. we? It, it wasn't just one planet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, very different style of planet in Star Wars. Yeah. Usually you that, have that's like the one thing biome. <laughs> with the planets in Star Wars that like when you think about it, it is an entire planet. So maybe it could all just be the same planet and it looks mm-hmm. different in certain places. That's the thing that with Star Wars, yeah. it's like yeah. I think we all expect the entire planet is like identical. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so weird. It is like a the, jungle like Tatooine planet. is just all sand. Yeah, <laughs> it's only a jungle Earth planet. Has no, biomes. Can't, yeah, <laughs> there can't be a city on a jungle planet. What is this? This is fake. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, that that is like even. Um, I'd say like the closest to uh, to our planet would be like Alderaan. Alderaan seems pretty similar, yeah. but even that's like Alderaan and Naboo. I think are like the two only like real like planets that look a bit mm-hmm. different. Where they've got but like even that's like sp- uh, Naboo, Spain, but an entire planet of Spain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's not like when you think. Yeah, that's a perfect example. <laughs> it is just like it's just like one country. The whole planet is just a country. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I mean, if you really think about it, that kind of is probably what would sort of happen at least in mentality if yeah, if you're going through yeah. like the galaxy you know mm-hmm. like if everyone's thinking big 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 then yeah even the planet because yeah, i guess almost small. like each planet is like if you go to a new the planet, galaxy like is a planet country, I guess. and you have all the, bi- yeah. the biomes on their own little spheres yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um the thing i'm most excited about with endor is we get freaking coruscant buddy <laughs> yes yes bring it back Yes. Um, we recorded a reaction that. that I still haven't put up on the YouTube channel. We recorded a reaction to it, and like I, I need to go back and check it because my reaction is like, oh my gosh! And Sydney's like looks over at me and is like, what? Just like, who is this dude? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bit eccentric. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we haven't had Coruscant in so long. Like it. Yeah. I need more of it in my life. Yeah, but sadly, it looks good too. Mm-hmm. Sadly, it's like pretty Coruscant. I want. I I'll take any course. Don't <laughs> oh, Disney stop uh-huh. it. Stop canceling any Coruscant. <laughs> I'll take anything you give me. 
<laughs> Obviously, yeah. I prefer like super grungy, but I'll take pretty croissant as well. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta take what you can get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm desperate here. <laughs> yeah, so that that's really cool. Uh, can we just talk about like the visual style of this? Like, mm. it is so mm. gritty. Like it it totally takes what was established in Rogue One and carries it over to the rest of it. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, it looks like Rogue One. That's the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. It just looks. It looks like a movie. The others, the others do look like shows. Yeah, it does look like a movie. The trailers, obviously, it's hard to tell from. And like trailers are always going to look good, mm-hmm. but um, Not yeah, always. it just has that. Like you said, that gritty. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has that gritty vibe to it, and it yeah, mm-hmm. it it just. The other thing I like about it is, I think. That with no expectation, we're not. This isn't Obi Wan. This isn't someone that we've known yeah. for forty years. That I is think so the true. fact that there's no expectation mm-hmm. is going to make it. They can just tell a good story. They don't mm. have to. Yeah. There's no like fan service. Yes. That's that's what Obviously, I've they been can throw saying. Ah, uh, yeah, like, like we need to get they, away. They from can these throw characters. in some cameos and stuff, but like it doesn't. I'm not watching this thinking, oh, I can't wait for Obi Wan to fight Darth Vader. Yeah. That's why. Like why I'm watching the show. Mm-hmm. It's I just want a good story. Mm-hmm. I don't really actually care what happens, as long as it's like, like I think this will be like the objectively most well yeah. written and and scripted of the lot because the Which rest of them hard. do have like <laughs> a lot of them do have like the mm-hmm. yeah that that fan service that they almost have to do like yeah. everyone ha- it has to do that mm-hmm. you can't just mm-hmm. make it like the perfect show and then not show all that kind of thing so yeah. That's the thing that I'm keen for is that it's just I'm going in with no expectations. I think it looks really good, mm-hmm. so I'm excited. I'm, I'm expecting it to be good, but I'm not expecting. I don't need this and this to happen in the story. I just I actually yeah. don't care what happens yeah. at all. Uh, apparently, it's going to be much more of like the like the real big bad is going to be the Empire itself in terms of the organization and the. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the actual systems and the bureaucracy that's been being put up. And we're also seeing like Mon Mothma have this really, uh, what was it? There, there was like an interview or something where it's like, she's sticking her head up out of like the barricades and is trying to fight for with their system, play their game, but also in the background mm. have this foundation of the Republic and the rebellion and having all these pieces moving while she's like any single mistake she makes could cost everyone their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It feels like the stakes are very high in it. Like, even though it's weird cause we know what happens. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, yeah, <laughs> we know where the, where the result is going to be, but it, it does feel like there's a lot at stake and you can kind of feel that in the mm-hmm. trailers that like this is people's lives are on the line. And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for that. It just feels like it's going to be a bit more gritty and a bit more, yeah, less, less focused on like individual, obviously it's about Cassian, but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel like it's a Cassian show. It feels like it's a story yeah. that's actually just the entire story. We don't have any, like you said, there's no single big bad. It's just like, the good guys versus the bad guys, mm-hmm. and that's something I'm really excited for because we don't really get that in Star Wars that often. It's usually like even Mando. It's not about the Jedi and the Sith, but it's still about Mando. Mm-hmm. It's still about him and Grogu. It's like a, a character-driven show. Yeah. yeah. 
even though this is about Cassian, I don't feel like it's going to be just about Cassian, and I'm mm-hmm. very keen for that. Yeah, I think it's going to do it in a, a good way, too, because I think where the second season of Bando, because I love the first season. I love that it tries to tell a unique story. You have these new characters mm-hmm. doing new things in a new situation. And then you get the second the second season, and you have like basically they're like let's uh, put up a bunch of names of Clone Wars characters, shake them up, and then <laughs> pick them out and see who gets in. Obviously, Ahsoka, yeah. <laughs> but I, I feel like that, and especially Book of Boba Fett. And I think one of the big gripes that we had for sure, obviously the writing and just kind of how it flowed. But one of the big things is, is like they titled it the book of boba fett and it ended up being the mando show 2.5 and yeah <laughs> uh, it, it, it's the same with obi-wan obi-wan was the obi-wan show and then it became the reva show mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I think this one is in such a good situation to where it is in kind of its own bubble it's riding off of the fandom of rogue one and it's also like you get this really interesting look into things of hey, we have an endpoint, which is Rogue One. We have a character that we've established, and we don't. this is the character that ultimately becomes the broken down character. Like, this is a... Mm. Cassian Andor has been fighting for the rebellion... What does he say? Like, fighting this fight since I was six years old or something like that? Yeah. This is that character. He is worn, broken. He is... He has such like a... Would have, depending on how things go, a very dark look on life because we don't see that Mm. character growth in rogue one like this is he's in the midst of cassian right now Mm. like this is war yeah and that's a good point that i didn't think of that this won't have a happy ending this is gonna end in like we say at the start of rogue one it's like desperate times yeah he shoots someone in like the first 30 minutes yeah yeah exactly (laughs) that first the first thing that we see of cassian he's you almost think, like, is this guy, is he good? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't actually know if he's a good character. And so we are actually going to yeah. see him become that. That's something I didn't even think of. Because you kind of just, with Star Wars, you always expect, like, a bit of a happy ending. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, this, I don't think this can have a happy ending, really. That's exciting. Or I guess, yeah. like, Rogue One didn't have a happy ending at the end of the day. So <laughs> maybe that's contradictory, but, yeah. And I, I think, too, it's benefiting from that. Like, Disney wanted them to have... um or that they weren't sure if Disney would let them kill off all of the main characters. Mm. And they took it to Lucasfilm heads and they're like, no, it makes sense that they die. Go ahead. And I think yeah. like, that's something that I don't think in, it's changed so drastically from that moment in, mm. in how Star Wars, especially like reports of Obi-Wan being quote too dark. Uh, and like yeah. this, this one has to do that. Otherwise it like takes away from Rogue One. Mm. It it scares me to have so much excitement for a Star Wars <laughs> <I> show, <know. laughs> but I can't yeah. help it with all of the things that have been. I mean, I mean, we are a month away from the release, and we still know so little about the actual show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I like yeah, all it. All we've seen is that it looks good. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't actually know like <laughs> it's, where it's the story going. <laughs> like with, I feel like with, and maybe because it was a shorter series but with obi-wan i feel like we kind of knew what was going to happen mm-hmm. roughly um and yeah like we know the end result of this but we don't know us st- yeah we still don't really know what like how does cassian end up the way that he does and mm-hmm. all yeah there's so much story to be told like you said it's a five-year thing so there's going to be like a lot that happens yeah and the, the um, first season's going to be 
I mean, each episode's going to be a month in the, I would assume a month because they have like 12 episodes one year and then season two is going to be like condensing four years into one. Like they have a lot to set up for the character and ultimately that second season. And I think it's going to be, I'm, I'm just fascinated from like a filmmaking perspective and a storytelling perspective. Mm. How do they, how do they kind of weave the story where you have these month long jumps in between things? Like Mm -hmm. I, I'm really excited to see what that's like. And if it'll work. Yeah. Yeah. And if it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. That's that's kind of what I was getting at earlier. This feels like this one will be, it just seems a bit more like, mm-hmm. I guess, stable the way that they're going to go about it. It's it's more of just a mm-hmm. passion project than like, this is the Obi-Wan show, you know? Yeah. Like, this is, this has no attachments to it and it feels like they can just really dive deep into mm-hmm. it and just tell a good story because there's no expectation there's no like oh we like obi-wan has to fight vader that yeah. nothing has to happen yeah. in this show there's just we just are along for the ride and <laughs> just see what happens so yeah and it feels like they can just tell a really good story mm-hmm. and that's the extent of it at the end of the day that's such a good point because i mean i loved cassian andor and his portrayal as a character but i don't think like he doesn't really have the fandom yet of like yeah. oh my gosh it's darth vader or like oh my gosh it's cassian yeah. andor I think they they yeah. went into it like we're gonna tell a good story. It's gonna be around Cassian. Like, yeah, really, Cassian? Like, you have all of these. Like, you could do something else, right? And it's like, no, we're gonna do this. Also, they're giving it the time necessary. Like, two two or three years that they've that this has been in production. Yeah, well, this was the second show announced, wasn't it? I think this so. Is yeah, Mando. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so this was oh, like wow. year. Like mm-hmm. I remember actually hearing about this years ago. Yeah. And there was a lot of talk about like K2SO is going to be in it and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that was, yeah, that was like three years ago. So oh. they've had the time to, re- that's what I'm excited for is it just feels like yeah. it's not rushed and mm-hmm. not not just for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. It feels like they've just gone, this is just a good story yeah. and we're going to make it. Not not to, you know, sell Disney Plus subscriptions. Yeah. <laughs> we just want to tell a good story. Because yeah. that's, mm-hmm. yeah, at the end of the day with stuff like the Obi-Wan show, I enjoyed it, but it is it is just fan service mm-hmm. and it's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with fan service if it's done well but yeah when there's no fan service I think that always makes for a better mm-hmm. story because you're not trying to fit things in just for the sake of yeah. it yeah exactly agreed so have you have you watched um light magic on disney plus I still haven't known after you mentioned that the other week I still haven't dude it has like blown my mind but this show seems like very similar to early star wars um they were the studios were very hesitant uh, around George Lucas with the sequels, like, dude, or with the the sequels to the original trilogy or the original movie. I have so much respect for George Lucas. I, I've watched the entirety of Light and Magic. I've watched two other documentaries on the making of Star Wars, uh, behind the scenes and all that stuff. Like, I am a, a George Lucas fanboy right now. Like, the, the amount <laughs> of things that he has helped create we're going to do a whole episode on this okay. but like and there's the innovations that he's pushed the filmmaking industry in unwillingly but i think one of the mm. biggest things is for the empire strikes back he took 3 years to work on that script like he took <laughs> he took a lot of time or 2 years to write on write the script and then like um the production of the movie was like one and a half to two years, something like that. Like he took the time to really tell the story working with Lawrence Kasdan and just like really nailing down what it is and taking the time when everyone's like, yo, you need to do something now next. And he's like, no, I'm making another star Wars. And like another star Wars, that stupid sequels are the worst. 
<laughs> it is one of the few... When you think about it, it's one of the few sequels that is better. That, like, I personally think Empire is better than A New Hope. From a filmmaking is, perspective, says 100%. A lot because, yeah, which says a lot because A New Hope is so good. Yeah. And it's like... Mm-hmm. That's very rare. That doesn't usually yeah. be like that. Especially the in the 70s and the 80s. Always. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so he definitely had some balls to, to stick to that and with especially a lot of people that he knew a lot of like really good directors in that. And they if they were telling him, mm-hmm. like probably don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and he still did it. Also, like, he self-funded yeah, that movie for the majority of it. What? Wow. What? Yeah. And he that's only when they went under budget and they uh, the new, the bank that they had uh, like this big movie picture bank, like the biggest there. Uh, they changed uh, financial officers. He was like, no, we're going to pull the loan. Uh, only then did he go to uh, actual, uh, he only went to like 20th Century Fox and was like, yo, uh, I'm going to give some points in terms of how much money we're going to make. And also he, I think he, he distributed all of the earnings from that movie to every single employee in Lucasfilm what? and in Industrial Light and Magic. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> crazy what a man like yeah so i have even more respect for the original trilogy and just george lucas's vision and even more respect for the prequels but we'll get to that into like another episode of the podcast because i'm just gonna nerd out like (laughs) 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 so i could talk forever about this but my ultimate point is like it seems like they're giving it the time necessary to really do the thing Mm. and tell the story and to to do more of like the hbo style thing where we're we're not going to focus on quantity. We're going to focus on quality of the shows that we produce mm-hmm. for our originals. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I get from it too. It just feels like they're not. Yeah, like I said, they're not doing this for any reason other than it. Mm-hmm. They just must have, you know, been pitched this idea. Yeah, and they think, wow, that's a really good story. We want to tell that. Not we're trying to sell subscriptions. That's mm-hmm. that's the part that excites me the most. Yeah, because mm-hmm. if they did, wanted to do that, they'd do something like Darth Maul or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pick a big name and then make it about someone else. <laughs> we want to launch a TV show on this unknown character that we just created. Let's let's start a Darth Maul show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make it all about the new character. <laughs> yeah. But I do I'm so pumped for this. I mean, they had me at Coruscant. <laughs> yeah. The weird thing with this show is that when you know when they had that big, like, the Disney Plus day or whatever, and there was, like, ten shows announced? Yeah. I'm going to be honest, this was the one that I, I wasn't not keen for it, but I was just like, yeah, it'll be pretty cool, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm now, I think this will probably end up, judging, obviously it's hard to tell because we haven't seen it, but it looks like it will end up the best of all the shows so far. Mm-hmm. It looks like they're just taking the time with it. Yeah. And I think it's really shot up on my list of the ones that I'm keen for because of that because it just looks quality the rest of them not to say that the others aren't quality but Mm -hmm. this one just looks that level above i think yeah i would i would go as far as that but uh (laughs) we know we know my perspective (laughs) on this but uh (laughs) call me cassian standor because i'm all for this (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, uh and with that uh terrible joke i think uh <laughs> i think we've had a great episode here i i'm so pumped and i'm so glad that we, you're able to join us for this episode and uh, join us for episode 69 have all the the, the memes <laughs> around that and just dive into it and i think that's we're working on behind scenes stuff with uh, star wars uplink and just kind of changing things up with the introduction of the video aspect and also behind the scenes topics that we're covering broadening it to the the tv shows and the movies and i think it's 
it's such a fun opportunity to have these discussions as well as kind of looking at it from the broader universe perspective of like Andor pairing with the original trilogy, Rogue One, as well as what does it look like for the video games too with this era? Um, Could we see Cal Kestis because that timeline would line up? Like, I think it's Mm -hmm. so interesting to see what happens with the broader universe of Star Wars, and I think that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely definitely an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, yeah, we're spoiled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you again, Sammy. Links to all of Sammy's stuff will be in the description of this episode to find out all the ways that you can listen to his beautiful Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> And Thanks also, for having me, guys. It's been a blast. Star Wars. Uh, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as soon as I was like, we need to have Sammy on the podcast to talk about Star Wars Hunters and also Andor. <laughs> yeah, the perfect combo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but with that, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. We greatly appreciate all your support. If you enjoyed the show, definitely do consider it leaving us a review. It helps us out a ton, especially as we're switching up the content of things. It helps push us even more on uh, all the platforms that you can find the podcast on. So again, thank you all so much for listening. Check out the YouTube channel for all of the video content that we have there. Clips from the podcast, as well as the different segments. You can also see our faces. And uh, yeah, uh, you can do that if you want to. You can you can see our faces. <laughs> Maybe, if you'd like. <laughs> if you'd like to. Um, as well as all of the other content as well. As always, thanks for listening. And may the Force be with you. <laughs>